Hello, everyone, and welcome to another IWSCC podcast. I'm so excited for this particular one because I've got some good friends here with me today. Uh, but first of all, I just want to share that our podcast is produced and brought to you by Remote Video Production. Production. And if you're watching this on YouTube, uh, we have ASL Interpretation uh, brought to you by Maple Communications. So uh, I, I have the pleasure of having my friends and my colleagues from the Supplier Diversity Alliance Canada, or SDAC is how we'll probably refer to it uh, throughout the rest of the, um, the podcast. So if you hear SDAC, that's referring to Supplier Diversity Alliance Council. So I'm going to let these folks introduce themselves. Uh, we <clears throat> unfortunately don't have Cassandra Dorrington with us here today. Last minute wasn't able to make it, uh, but she does make up uh, the rest of the Supplier Diversity Alliance Council crew. And so we're or council or Supplier, Supplier Diversity Alliance Canada. Now I'm saying it wrong the entire time. Supplier Diversity Alliance Canada. I apologize. So she will be here at a later date to chat a little bit more. But today we have uh, Sylvia Pentak and uh, Daryl Sherman. Uh, and I guess we'll get started. So Sylvia, if you can take a minute, introduce yourself. Uh, just tell us a little bit about yourself personally, maybe something you don't always share. Thank you, Daryl. So happy to be here and uh, be talking to you and our audiences uh, together. So my name is Sylvia Pentak, as Daryl mentioned. Uh, I'm the president and CEO of WB Canada, Women Business Enterprises Canada Council. And it is my absolute honor and privilege to be supporting Canadian women-owned businesses and helping them access corporate and government supply chains. Um, um, something personal about me. I'm an immigrant. You can hear it in my accent. Uh, I actually came to Canada in uh, 2006. And um, uh, when I moved here, we had zero contacts in Canada. So um, fast forward a couple of years later, uh, I'm um, actually fortunate to have lots of friends, not only business friends, but personal friends, fantastic community. And I feel uh, uh, privileged to be uh, to be able to live uh, my life in Canada and to be impacting communities across the country. Thank you, Sylvia. I'm always so impressed with people who just pick up and move to another country. And, and I'm really, you know, always, we have a couple of suppliers that have done that. And, and it, it just always amazes me. Were your, were your kids born yet when you moved here? Yeah, so my older one uh, was born in Slovakia, uh, which is where I'm from, and my younger one was born in Canada. So I have one of each. <laughs> so how old was your oldest one when you came? Like, how old was this child when you decided to pack up and move to Canada? Uh, she was two, and I do have a heartbreaking story because okay. um, I'm a, a very family-oriented, so my family was always over, you know, visiting and playing with her when she was little, and then... Uh, we moved just before she was uh, she was turning three years, uh, so she could grasp the idea of having birthday where nobody from family came, and she was really devastated uh, by that. And she was asking me, oh, "Nobody likes me. Nobody came to my birthday party." It broke my heart as yeah. mom uh, that uh, we didn't have friends, we didn't have community. So I made it my life's mission to build a community for my kids uh, to make sure they they never feel alone. And now you're working on building a community for thousands of women. So I, I guess you're pretty good at it. <laughs> I <hope> Daryl, so. <laughs> take a minute, please, and introduce yourself, what you do, and just tell us a little something we might not already know about you. Great. Well, thank you, Deidre. It's, uh, it's a pleasure to be here with you. Uh, so my name is Daryl Sherman. My pronouns are he, him. I'm the CEO and co-founder of the CGLCC 
which is Canada's LGBT plus Chamber of Commerce. So we represent over 100,000 LGBT plus owned businesses, uh, coast to coast to coast. Our, our mandate really is to help to create a truly inclusive Canadian economy by creating opportunities for LGBT uh, owned businesses to compete uh, and and actually contribute to our economy. And so, you know, we do a, a variety of different programs to to achieve that mandate. One of the the main uh, project areas that we we work on is supplier diversity. So we act as the certifying body for LGBT plus businesses uh, across the country. So we've been certifying uh, since 2014, uh, but our organization has been around since 2003. So um, I, I start to feel a little old when I, I, I say that. But uh, so we have been around for a while, and, and again, finding different ways to support. Uh, uh, the opportunity to economically empower our, our businesses. Um, a little bit something you don't know about me. I feel, Daydream, we've known each other so long, I feel that you know everything about me. I don't, I don't oh, know. Oh, come on, I don't um, know it. <laughs> so um, maybe not as dramatic as, as Sylvia, but, you know, during the pandemic, uh, as many people did, we we escaped the, the city, we escaped Toronto, and and moved to uh, to kind of that the rural rural countryside uh, in Ontario, and I'm the proud uh, dog uh, dog daddy now of, of two big dogs, and so I know both Sylvia and Deidre have have seen my dogs make appearances on on these Zoom calls throughout. So I purposely you know blocked them out of this uh, out of the room today. So I'm just this is really just a warning in case they they do um, get excited and uh, they might try to to voice their uh, their participation somehow in in this uh, in this podcast. So just giving you a for uh, some some warning here. And what are their names again, Daryl? Eddie and Elsie. Oh yes, <laughs> I love I, those names. <laughs> I, I, um, I I was just talking with my my partner this morning. We we um, we think we're going to start creating an Instagram account for them. We we figure you know everybody oh else is gosh. doing it. We we need to do it as well. So we're gonna <laughs> we're one of or we're one of TikTok. those people. Yeah, we're those people. <laughs> <laughs> or about to become. <laughs> there we go. Well, thank you guys so much. Uh, Sylvia, can you take a moment and just talk a wee bit about uh, Cassandra's organization so that we don't uh, leave her out? Well, as part of the SDAC, I think we should include uh, what she's doing because, uh, you know, she was planning to be here and right up until about 10 minutes before we started. So she's had a bit of a delay. So if you could take a moment, that would be great, Sylvia. Absolutely. So CAMSI, or uh, Canadian Aboriginal and Minority Supply uh, Supplier Council, um, is uh, actually uh, one of the oldest councils or the oldest council in Canada. Uh, they were founded in uh, early 2000s and uh, they um, actually spearheaded supply diversity efforts in Canada. Um, then later, other councils were developed. Uh, so Canadian Aboriginal Minority Council uh, actually certifies Aboriginal and visible minority communities. And uh, similar to other councils, they provide support uh, for corporations, governments uh, who, do, uh, who do have supplier diversity programs and also connect uh, suppliers to supply chains. Oh, that's great. Thank you. <clears throat> um, yeah, it's interesting when Cassandra tells her story about her early days in supplier diversity and what the landscape was like. And if anyone is interested, you can hear that on, I think, our very first podcast. You can check in to see what Cassandra has to say about the early days of supplier diversity, which isn't all that long ago. Daryl, we're not that old, okay? <laughs> we're just not. <laughs> 
I think they do, you should introduce IWSDC too. Uh, yes. Uh, oh, I actually usually do. And I, I gapped on that today. So yes, for thank you, Sylvia. For those of you who aren't aware, uh, I am the, uh, I guess, founder of the Inclusive Workplace and Supply Council of Canada. And so what we do is we work with uh, veteran organizations, veteran-owned businesses and disabled-owned businesses, uh, and we put them together with corporate uh, purchasers that are looking to diversify their supply chain. Uh, we build capacity and support for their supplier diversity programs for both corporates, uh, as well as helping our suppliers uh, 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 look, uh, do better things towards getting connected with corporates. So, uh, this is actually my first meeting this morning and I'm already running out of words. I have no idea what the rest of the day is going to be looking like, but <laughs> at any rate, um, so the four supply councils and thank you, Sylvia, um, make up the supplier diversity Alliance Canada. And so Daryl, since, uh, since you have the most experience with the SDAC, uh, why don't you share with us when that started and how long has it been around and what really is this, uh, this supplier diversity Alliance Canada? Yeah, you know, I think that we started having conversations back uh, as early as I think 2015 uh, to see how we can kind of work together uh, a little bit more closer and really try to advance supplier diversity across uh, the country. So, you know, as as mentioned, you know, back then there was just the, the three core. Um, so WBE Canada, CAMSI uh, and, and CGLCC. And so really working to find, you know, what can we do to, uh, you know, to continue to support and create greater awareness and advancement of supplier diversity. And, and so um, I, I guess that our, our first kind of formal event, and this is before we were a, a formal organization or um, an incorporated organization, uh, our, our first event actually, to be honest, was a, a day on the hill. Uh, the three organizations decided mm. that advocacy was going to be a key piece of what we wanted to do, um, advocacy at the federal government level. And so um, collectively, we, we worked to, together to, to host an event on the day, in the, or a day on the Hill in, in Ottawa and bring together MPs and ministers and senators uh, and really educate them on what supplier diversity is and why it's important to the Canadian economy. So it, it's funny because that was our, our first event. We, we really didn't have, you know, a, there wasn't a, a structured uh, around SDAC perhaps, and there wasn't necessarily as um, uh, kind of the, the core pillars as we have now. Um, but that was kind of the, the, first, the first thing that we just said, you know, this is really important for us to do. We know that we need to get in front of the, um, uh, the federal government and the, and the leaders to help to create that, um, start to create that greater awareness and, and try to drive change. You know, I think from that exercise, what we what we realized is we needed to there is value for us to be working. And we knew that there was value to be for us to be working together. But I think that just reinforced it. Uh, and, and what we decided to do is really try to formalize that um, that that engagement. So um, over the next kind of, I guess, year and a half or so, we, we worked to create a formal uh, incorporated nonprofit organization made up of the launched and, and founded by the, the, at the time, the three councils. Um, and so that took a little while in terms of, you know, establishing, you know, the, 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 the structure of the governance model, um, all of that. Uh, so it wasn't until 2019 that we became a, a formal organization uh, known as Supplier Diversity Alliance Canada, or SDAC. Uh, the, you know, I talked about advocacy being one of the, the core pillars. I think the other kind of core pillars were um, research uh, and education. So really trying to to find out, you know, 
to bring kind of that that um, third party empirical data um, to to the business case, so that we we had strong data to back up why supplier diversity was important and why governments and corporations and SMEs needed to to take this seriously. Um, and then the third was really around connections. You know, really how could we build connections and create opportunities for our, our collective stakeholders. And so that really was through um, and continues to be through events. And so we do a signature event, which is um, Connect, Collaborate, Succeed. Uh, I think we've been doing that now. I should have looked this up, Deidre. I, I forget how long we've been doing it now, <laughs> but we've been doing it for a while. Uh, it is a, a great opportunity for us to, to bring our collective suppliers corporates together to be able to not only learn, but to be able to, to connect as, you know, as the name suggests and be able to, to do business with each other, um, not only with our corporate partners, but also uh, across our, our supplier bases as well. So that is something that we've continued to do um, over the years and we will continue to do with our, the upcoming event uh, in just over a month, I believe it is. So, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but anyway, that's a, a little bit of a background of of where we started. Yeah, thank you for that. And and so now there are the four supply councils involved. We we did another day on the hill just this past May, which was lots of fun, and uh, and we had some great results from that. It was great to see. Uh, the difference in responses from back in the original day on the hill, which of course I wasn't at, but I learned about how it went, uh, to when we were there just recently. You can tell that government is starting to really think about supplier diversity. They're not quite sure where it's all at yet, and, and everyone needs to learn more. Uh, there are so many people involved in so many moving parts, but it's great to see that some of that advocacy that we've been doing for the last couple of years is really starting to hit the mark. So that's fantastic. And we do have an event coming up in October, as Daryl said, on the 14th. Uh, it's here in Toronto. Uh, what's the address? Is it 100 King at the BMO building? Yeah, so it's at BMO building. I think so. Um, yeah. so it's 100 King. Yeah. yeah. Yes, thank you. Uh, and so we'll be having that. And that's going to be a little bit different than our normal uh, setup for Connect, Collaborate, concede because, Succeed, because we're going to have a, a panel made out of suppliers. So it's going to be suppliers talking to suppliers in the panel. And uh, and then we'll get to our, our matchmaking roundtables uh, that I think are, are so... Uh, uh, it's just fantastic, and it's kind of the meat and potatoes of supplier diversity. It's the time when suppliers get to sit down in front of corporate purchasers who specifically want to add diversely owned businesses into their supply chain and pitch their businesses. And so you're one-on-one -on -one with these decision makers for these large organizations, and, and that's been always my favorite part of supplier diversity. That's how I got introduced to it, was coming to an event as a supplier and going, holy crap, I can't believe the people I get to talk to in this organization. Like, how do you how do you get to, you know, these people at this level in such a large organization? So that's October 14th. So keep an eye out on social media and from all of your supply councils to learn how to register and make sure that you're there. But I know you guys are doing other events. Uh, and so this is your chance to kind of advertise what you guys have uh, coming up next. So Sylvia, what what have you got going on this fall? Uh, fall is a very busy season always at uh, VB Canada. So uh, first of all, we um, we participate in a lot of corporate uh, initiatives. So uh, there's a lot of corporations from Stellantis, Toyota, 
uh, to CBRE and others uh, who are hosting their own events where uh, all diverse suppliers are invited. Uh, so no matter what council you are with, you can attend uh, and participate in those matchmakers and trade shows. Um, we also, uh, at VB Canada, we are hosting three uh, very important events. So first, uh, first one is um, Meet the Buyer and Matchmaker with HSBC specifically. Um, uh, HSBC is new to supplier diversity, so they are looking to meet with uh, suppliers. And uh, this is something that I believe even the like deal community does, like really connecting uh, suppliers directly to specific corporations. Mm-hmm. So uh, very important events as we are introducing corporations to uh, the, uh, the pool of suppliers. The second one is uh, uh, the larger um, B2B matchmaker, which we are hosting October 12th, um, so just two days before SDAC <laughs> event. Uh, it is a virtual event as opposed to SDAC, and uh, we do have a, a lot of our corporate members participating, meeting with the suppliers. So this is the matchmaker of the year for us, for VB Canada. Um, all our VB suppliers uh, are welcome to join. Uh, so um, it is a big undertaking for us because, uh, as you can imagine, a lot of one-on-one meetings mm-hmm. happening. We are inviting not only supplier diversity professionals, but also a lot of category buyers. So it's uh, it's a massive uh, event to coordinate. And uh, um, last but not least, um, uh, we are working on our annual national conference. Uh, so our conference is uh, in person this year. Finally, after three years. <laughs> so um, uh, our conference is in Toronto. And um, uh, we, uh, we are just so excited to get our community back together. Um, we are featuring lots of uh, sessions, training, education, inspiration. But uh, we also will have plenty of networking opportunities as well as trade show. Uh, so um, just before COVID uh, t- uh, in 2019, we did our first ever trade show. And then we only were able to network uh, virtually. So I'm very, very excited to bring uh, our community back together uh, into uh, into the same room. I know other councils, CAMS, CCDLCC already had their live events, but uh, we are yet to have our first conference uh, in this post-COVID uh, world. Uh, keeping our fingers crossed that nothing goes wrong and we don't have yeah. another lockdown. Um, so... Um, really, really bravely, um, you know, going towards uh, in-person only uh, event uh, this year. So once again, it's uh, November 9 and 10 in Toronto. Registration is currently open and more information is at wbecanada.ca. Perfect. Thank you. That's a lot on the go for the next couple months, plus all your regular work. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh, Lots of other events, webinars, workshops, yeah. Of course. All right, Daryl, what's CGLCC got on the go this fall? I, I, I thought we had a lot. Now I'm exhausted after hearing all of Sylvia's programming. <laughs> so, um, yeah, congratulations, Sylvia. That's exciting to hear. You know, so we, you know, similarly, you know, we work continually with our, our corporate partners that Sylvia touched on at the start. So, um, again, really working uh, with those corporate partners to engage our suppliers to participate in their events. So, you know, CBRE, the City of Toronto, those are a couple of things that are coming up this month. Uh, and, and similar to WBE Canada, we have kind of our, our regular programming that we run kind of every month. So recurring programming uh, like our Meet the Buyers um, program that is an opportunity for suppliers to meet kind of one-on-one with a featured corporate 
Um, and so really an opportunity for our suppliers to, to learn more about the, the corporation and, and learn more about how to do business with them. Um, we've been doing, and, and we have, sorry, we have coming up some, some great sessions about doing business with the federal government. Uh, we are doing that both in English and mm -hmm. for those of um, our suppliers or any suppliers that are based in, in Quebec, we're doing a special series in partnership with Evol um, out of Quebec and specifically um, for doing business with uh, the government of Canada, but purely in French. Um, the sessions will be in French. Uh, so that's coming up in, in October. Um, uh, I, I guess our signature event, one of our signature events is coming up in November, uh, November 11th, uh, which is our annual black and white gala. So this is really our opportunity to, you know, celebrate and recognize uh, LGBT businesses and, and business leaders who are instrumental in, in trying to create opportunities and advance uh, our, our, uh, our, our mandate. And so it is taking place in Toronto. Uh, similarly, we'll be back in, in person. We, we did a, a, a smaller version in person last year, but we'll be back in person uh, full on this year in Toronto. Uh, uh, again, so really excited about that. It's always, uh, it's always a fun time. Deidre, I think you, you've been a couple times. So, um, yeah. you know, it, oh, it's yeah. a great and way to celebrate. I have celebrate. it on our calendar. <laughs> so much fun. We always have fun at these events. Uh, but I do find the CGLCC, everyone's just, you know, it's just uh, dressed up so fantastically and just having such a great time. And uh, yeah, there are, all the events are lots of fun. Sorry, I interrupted you, Daryl. What, what else? No, no, I was just going to say one other thing that we're working on for, for 2023 uh, is so on a, on a I think we've done for the last few years several trade missions. Uh, we just finished our, we just wrapped up our, our trade mission to the U.S. Um, where we had several businesses uh, come down to the U.S. Uh, and meet with uh, large Fortune 500 companies looking to actively do business with um, diverse home businesses. So we are working on our 2023 trade mission to, uh, for the first time ever, to uh, to the UK and to the EU. So that's likely going to be in early March. And so I think that's something that's really exciting, um, not only for, for, our, uh, for our businesses here, but for our partners um, across Europe, uh, really try to create stronger connections and opportunities for suppliers on, on both sides. Um, so that's kind of some of the CGLCC things. I just wanted to highlight because, again, I know that Cassandra is not here. They are having their annual gala. I talked about our gala. Um, uh, uh, Camsey's annual gala is taking place October 14th as well. Um, as, so the same day as the Connect Collaborate Succeed, the SDAC event. Uh, so that's taking place in Toronto on October 14th. All of these... I shouldn't say all of these. Some of these events you can find uh, on not only on the individual councils' websites, but also on suppliersdiversityalliance.ca. Canada. Is, oh, yeah, sdac.ca. <laughs> .ca, uh website. And so uh, if you're looking for more information on some of those um, larger events, you can also visit uh, the SDAC website. Thank you, Daryl. I was going to ask you to share a little bit about Cassandra's event too. So that's perfect. So um, as you can tell, we're heading into a, a fairly busy networking season in the supplier diversity world. So I want to ask you both, what what is networking really and why is it so important to businesses? What, what are your thoughts on that? Sylvia. 
<laughs> it's it's so funny. Actually, I'm going to say uh, to uh, to tell our listeners that uh, at SDAC we have this thing where we all tend to jump uh, on questions. So we are like just being really considerate. Trying to be today. polite for once. <laughs> it's too early in the morning. Um, maybe that's what it is. <laughs> for that cutthroatness. <laughs> Uh, okay, so networking is actually the life uh, lifeline uh, of uh, businesses uh, because without your network, without the community and uh, support for your business, it is really difficult to uh, to operate, win any contracts. If if they don't know about you, they can't buy from you. Uh, so um, uh, this is why SDOC uh, and all each individual councils we focus on networking and we prioritize it and we really invest our tools, our resources and our um, our people uh, into uh, creating these opportunities for our suppliers. Uh, so when it comes to uh, networking, I personally have seen it and I witnessed that um, um, in our community, women-owned businesses who show up at the events, who, uh, who come to uh, the webinars to meet the corporations, they actually get known and they become top of mind uh, for uh, different projects and opportunities out there. Um, so it is very very important that uh, suppliers develop connections uh, into the corporate, uh, corporate and government supply chains, but also with the councils and also with each other, with the supplier community. So uh, networking is a crucial and critical part of running a business. And uh, this is what supplier diversity councils are really good at helping you to uh, remove those barriers, red tape, um, and uh, help you build uh, your business connections. Daryl, do you have anything to add? No, I, I mean, I think I, I completely agree with Sylvia. It is very much such a, an important uh, aspect for any entrepreneur or small business, you know, that's trying to grow their business that, you know, that they actively engage and participate in, in networking. And that's, that is, as Sylvia mentioned, you know, such a, a core piece of all of the programming that all of the councils do. Uh, and so, you know, my recommendation is that, you know, we, we do this, but the suppliers need to, you know, need to actively engage and, and show up and participate. Um, you know, if you're, if you're mm -hmm. truly looking to, to grow your business, this is such an important aspect. Uh, and I really want to, to also build on what Sylvia said there at the end was that, you know, it's not only about engaging with, with corporate partners and, and our government partners, but also with each other. Um, you know, each mm -hmm. of the councils, you know, we do our own events, uh, which is an opportunity for our, our shared communities that have these shared experiences uh, to be able to come together. But equally important for us to, again, cross pollinate, if you will, and, and for our diverse suppliers to meet with each other's um, uh, diverse suppliers, because those opportunities are, are also equally important. And, and, you know, some of the success we've seen over the years with um, suppliers being able to come together, collaborate, and perhaps do uh, joint ventures or, or bid on on larger contracts. You know, those are those are opportunities that you just don't necessarily get if you're not out there and, and actively networking mm -hmm. and, and meeting with other people. Absolutely. So, what are the building blocks of good networking? Like, what would a good a networking experience look like for you guys? Well, I can start. Uh, so, uh, first of all, um, you definitely want to nail down your pitch. 
uh, because if you can't explain who you are, what you do under one minute, uh, it is going to be very difficult for you to uh, promote your business and to uh, create uh, the right visibility for your business. So I do believe it starts with the homework, uh, you know, uh, practice, 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 and even get feedback on your pitch. Um, find somebody who is not in your space, not in your industry, who doesn't understand what you do and mm, um, and pitch um, um, pitch your pitch to them and get their feedback, then uh, get their input. Um, uh, try it with your kids, try it with your family members. If the, if the normal people around you don't understand what you do, uh, then uh, you need uh, to work on your pitch. Uh, so once you have your pitch, then you definitely need to show up. And I, I would have to say that don't be salesy. Don't focus on, uh, you know, selling your product or service so much, but focus on creating experiences. As we are coming out of uh, pandemic, it is going to be very important uh, to build that um, you know, becoming memorable, becoming likable, and uh, becoming somebody that people feel like they can um, trust you. So building that um, uh, that type of relationships with people, having fun experiences with them, uh, you know, uh, talking about uh, not just the business and not just how amazing you are, but focusing on them, asking questions, asking what their needs are, how can you help, how can you support, coming from that place of support, service, uh, contribution, that is going to make a huge difference as you are building your network and building your connections out there in the marketplace. Um, so I always say uh, to our suppliers, you know, and there's a lot of companies that do what you do. Um, so how do you uh, stand out? How are you memorable? Why should they pick up the phone and call you? Why should they remember your business card? So think about that unique differentiator that you have from everybody else in the room. Think about that unique experience that you want to create with the buyer. Um, so I've seen suppliers use uh, um, interesting strategies. So one of my favorites is remembering details about your contacts, about mm -hmm. uh, your connections. And so uh, remembering that, for example, that uh, corporate um, uh, representative was sick and, you know, asking them how they are doing, remembering a detail about their family, you know, hey, is your kid going to university now, right? Uh, so how are they doing? How is their first year? How are their first months? Uh, so really having something uh, personal that you can latch into, that you can uh, use to build up uh, the connection, that is going to be super useful. And um, yeah, just uh, after all, I remember to have fun. Building your network is not just about selling and pitching and about uh, you know making sure you make a sale. It is a long-term game. And it is about building connections and building your network and building it so strong that when people look at your category, look at the product or service you are selling, you are the top of mind. And they not only buy from you, but they also get to recommend you to others who are looking for your products and services. So anybody you meet is a potential um, a person who can refer you, who can connect you. So look at your network uh, this way. So Daryl, would you do you see benefit in um, pitching to 
the same company more than once or often or regularly? What would you say for that type of circumstance? One of the things that happens uh, in the supplier diversity world, and I'm going to be honest here, is that we suppliers tend to, to see the same corporates over the course of a year or two. They, they may run into those these corporate members a couple of times. So is it worthwhile to, to pitch to them again? I do hear suppliers saying, well, I already talked to them last November, so I'm not going to bother this time. What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, you know, I think, and, and Sylvia kind of touched on it, this is this is about creating relationships. It's not just about a, a sales pitch, you know, and I think if you just approach it as, as a sales pitch, you know, I, I, I don't know how successful that's going to be in the long run. I think we have to treat these as relationships and you're trying to build a long-term relationship. And so, and that involves, you know, not only again to what Sylvia talked about, you know, actually truly listening to them, you know, kind of that active listening, if you will. And, 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 you know, making mental notes uh, about and, and remembering kind of that, that, you know, little tidbits about those people. Um, but that means that you have to you have to engage with them on an ongoing regular basis. So, you know, you, mm. just meeting somebody and and and, you know, pitching. Uh, I used air quotes, sorry, um, for those of you that are just yeah. listening and can't see, I'm using air quotes. But if, if you're just pitching, um, you know, I, I, I don't think you're necessarily creating that long lasting, that long lasting relationship. So um, you, you need to kind of, you need to be in there and, and constantly, continually, um, you know, meeting with these people, talking to these people, but not just pitching your business, you know, creating that, again, I use the relationship word, but continuing to build that long lasting relationship so that when those opportunities do become available, you are top of mind. Um, so I, and, and you're right, Deidre, we, you know, we do hear this a lot from our suppliers that say, well, I've already talked to them on many times and many, many times, but that is what it's going to take, you know, and very rarely mm-hmm. do we, do we see those successes and they do happen occasionally where they'll meet with, you know, a partner once and they'll, they'll, uh, end up winning a contract, but for the most part, it's 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 those relationships that are going to happen over over a longer period of time. Um, because if you think about it, that that corporate partner or even that other that other small business gets to really know you. They learn more about you. They learn more about your business, uh, your ethics, and all of of that, which are really important if they're mm. if they're looking to engage with you. So. Um, so long, long uh, winded answer to your question, but yes, I think it is important <laughs> for for us to continually, you know, uh, you know, engage with those with those businesses and and build those, uh, treat this this networking uh, not just as kind of one off networking, but how can we build these these um, these relationships. I always tell people this is not a get rich quick scheme. You don't just sign up and sit on the couch and wait for the contracts to come pouring in. You know, you have to get out there. And and I think as Kathy Cheng says, and has said this on a past podcast, you, you don't just go to the, the, the party or the dance. You know, you, you have to get in there and dance and have a drink maybe and, you know, have some snacks and chat with people. You can't just stand on the on the sideline and, and then wonder why you don't have any business coming out of this world. So, but what would you guys consider to be an example of bad networking? What What is not to do in the area of networking uh, from a supplier perspective right now? I think everything opposite to what we were saying. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> Everything we just said, but not. 
but the other side of it. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I don't even know where to start, right? Because yeah. we've seen a lot of bad examples. So definitely like um, just doing your pitch, you know, just uh, going ahead without listening, without taking cues mm. from uh, people around you and not understanding that you are annoying, right? Or disrespectful, <laughs> etc. So um, going over your time is a great example yes. for in-person networking. So we used to control that in the digital space over the past two years, but I'm kind of getting worried about, you know, going to live events because <laughs> some suppliers tend to take the entire five minute time that is allocated for everybody around the table. That yeah. is a very disrespectful, uh, very unprofessional, and it actually tends to harm your brand more than help it. Uh, so all the suppliers are turned off, corporate is turned off because they didn't have time to hear from everybody else. So just learn your pitch, get good at it and stick to your one minute and give opportunity to others. Uh, bring the right questions instead of just talking, 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 pushing your agenda onto people is really offsetting. Mm-hmm. So really make sure that you are in that, um, as Daryl mentioned, active listening mode, as opposed to just uh, talking, pushing, selling, right? Uh, all of that is a turn off. Daryl, your thoughts? Well, well, I had wrote down, don't monopolize. So, you know, um, I think the other thing, <laughs> and I used to always say this, and we used to hear this all the time, and, and I realize now I'm getting old, but it's always don't forget business cards. I mean, like it's it's some of the basic things that, you know, we – I won't lie, though, things are changing. I remember it was not long ago that I went to give somebody my business card, and they're like, oh, I don't do business cards. And then they pull up their phone, and they had to, like, you know, you tap each other. I don't know. I'm not a tech person, as we found out at the start of this call. But um, either way, you know, either have business cards or make sure that you're technical, technologically savvy enough to be able to digitally share your your e-card. You know, those are just some of the, the, the basics. But one of the stories that you know one of our corporate partners talked about and i think it is so important is don't underestimate the power of any connection you know and mm-hmm. and this one corporate partner is talking about how um she saw this that there's a supplier in an event and the supplier was talking to somebody but they, they weren't focused on that person they were scanning the room looking mm-hmm. for that you know that that other supplier diversity manager and they saw that person walk in and they ran over to them. Little did they know that they were actually talking to the chief procurement officer for this company. So oh, wow. don't underestimate who you're talking to. I mean, it might be the, it might be the CEO, but it also might just, it might be a, 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 you know, one of the buyers. It could be somebody that has uh, connections or, or influence that could help you. So don't mm-hmm. underestimate that, that power of any connection. Yeah. And to that point, Daryl, I would add, you know, like you never know where the person will end up being tomorrow. So today they might be supply diversity manager. Tomorrow they might be leading the department or the entire organization. So uh, again, we just don't know what we don't know. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of the things that I, I find that's, that ticks me off when I, when I watch suppliers quote unquote pitch, I wish there was a better word present, I guess maybe is the way to go, but is when they, they, give 
every single thing they're capable of doing in that in that one minute i can do this and this and this and this and then they say to the purchaser so what can i do for you and i think oh my goodness you know take a minute and do some research and find out out of those 15 things what one or two things you can do for them or where are those pain points in in that area for them so that it they're not just an onslaught of all the things that you can do pay attention to what that company might actually be interested in in and buying from you goods or services wise and and uh, and just focus on that when you're when you're doing your your so-called pitching. I'm I'm curious to know sort of more quickly what thoughts you might have and perhaps tips you might have for the opposite side of this for the purchasers for the corporate members uh, when it comes to networking. Sylvia, thoughts on that? Um, sure. Uh, so um, can I actually go a little bit back, you know, to the sure. supplier side before yeah, I go to the buyer? So. Uh, when it comes to supplier, I'm a big fan of intentionality and networking with intention. So, okay. well, this is all good. What we were talking, these are like some very generic networking tips. I still think that suppliers need to be very intentional about where they invest their time and resources and how do they follow up. So uh, mm. nothing like these business deals are not going to happen by miracle. Uh, they are going to happen because you made them happen. So I personally believe in the power of research. You already mentioned it, Daytori. Uh, research is number one. Get to know the company. Number two, um, um, do your due diligence. Find out the steps that you have to take in order to do business with them. Um, how do you register? How? Um, uh, who is the contact person? Uh, what are the gaps, etc.? Do your due diligence. Become... Um, uh, go through their risk assessment, making sure that you are risk prone for the company, that you are ready to do business, scale up if needed, partner up if needed. Mm -hmm. But then number three, which is very important and closely tied to networking, CRM should become your uh, friend. CRM in terms of uh, customer relations management software, like you cannot remember every single conversation mm -hmm. that is happening out there, but you need to track of everything so that you know who you are supposed to be following up when, when was the last touch point, what did you send them, keep track, take, uh, take notes of your interactions with the companies, know what you promised and when you promised to deliver it, write it all down uh, and make sure you follow through and you follow up. Uh, because if you yes. do that, you will already stand out and you will be doing better job than 80% of people out there. So only 20%, less than 20% of people actually follow up and follow through mm -hmm. on their promises, making it if you just meet the expectations, you are already standing out. So my huge recommendation is take that networking to the next level set up your CRM system, uh, take your notes. I know it's cumbersome, it takes time to do, but you know, do it in the evening while watching TV, uh, you know, just plugging the notes from the last networking event you went to, plugging the notes from your research and start being more intentional and plug in, you know, some dates into your calendar for follow-up. So now on the buyer side, I, I've seen um, like so many things happen. So. I, my absolute favorite uh, buyer uh, networking uh, is uh, where you also do your due diligence. 
So um, I've seen uh, corporations who come to matchmaker meetings and they've already researched all the suppliers who are registered. They went to their websites, they, uh, they researched the companies, um, uh, they, um, uh, they actually selected their meetings strategically. They just did not wait for suppliers to, mm-hmm. uh, uh, to come. They uh, reached out internally within the company to find out what uh, contracts are coming up in the upcoming year. So they are very intentional about what type of suppliers they are looking for at this specific event. So that becomes super strategic from the buyer side. And the chances are that if you show up with intention and if you show up with a strategy, this is what you are going to get at the event. If you just attend and randomly just talk to suppliers, uh, that is what you are going to come up with uh, from the event. Daryl? Yeah, I I guess my one comment would be just, you know, be upfront and and I think be um, sincere in terms of if there's opportunities. You know, I think some of the challenges are that some of our suppliers may feel that they're they're led on and um, and I think that if and, and we've we've seen this a lot like our corporate partners will just be very frank and say you know what, I don't know if there's an opportunity within our organization for for your company or for your product or your service um, but let me let me let me you know perhaps introduce you to other corporations or other companies I, I think just being kind of you know upfront and and I think that that would certainly uh, that, that helps on on both sides um, I think the other thing is is also just give some direction to the supplier in terms of uh, you know how mm-hmm. often you want them to follow up you know and I think again helping to giving as much direction to the supplier as possible in terms of how you want the information provided how often you want to hear from them um, I think that is, it's really valuable. So it's not over inundating them as a corporate partner, but it's giving the, the supplier some, some very well needed direction. Um, so yeah, just a couple little tips there. Yeah, I think it's important that uh, if corporates uh, can, corporate members and purchasers can, whenever possible, do their best to help the supplier manage their expectations, right? So, you know, help them understand that there are, hundreds of suppliers reaching out to these people on a regular basis. This is the fourth time my dog has wanted in and then back out. (laughs) (laughs) For those on video can see the door open and close and wondering why. Um, But yeah, I think it's important for for, uh, purchasers to help the suppliers understand, you know, I I can't get back to every single thing you do. Please send me an email every three months, every six months, those types of things so that uh, purchasers, suppliers can, can, you know, mark that in the calendar and, and move on to the next possible opportunity without sort of hinging on, oh, I had a great conversation with this organization. I think they're going to call me when it turns mm-hmm. out that, you know, it's they'll call you, but it's going to be six or seven months from now if they mm-hmm. remember who you are. So you really do need to keep in touch with them regularly. So as I suspected might happen, we're pretty much at the end of our time for our, you know, scheduled time. I'm the boss, so we can go a little over if we want, but I am going to skip a couple of questions and just get right down to <clears throat> what is your favorite part of the SDAC? What, what's your favorite part of Supplier Diversity Alliance Canada and, and, and your, the work that we do? Our Friday morning 8 a.m. calls. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> 8 a.m. on Friday. Woo. Deidre's not on camera. <laughs> 
you're on camera about 25% of the time, I'd say, David. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for understanding, guys. I'm vain and I'm willing to admit it. <laughs> Sylvia, what's your favorite part? Now, this might come shocking and surprising, but I actually, I do like our challenging conversations, you yeah. know, um, conversations where we challenge each other and uh, where we, uh, I'll call it challenging, uh, where, um, you know, like we just uh, go through the ideas of what can be done and then, um, you know, just brainstorm around what's possible and what's not possible, what is, uh, what is kind of blue sky and what is the reality what are the next steps i think these conversations are very insightful and um they are really good daryl outside of 8 a.m on fridays (laughs) (laughs) i i think for for me it's you know it is it's what we're all work that we're all you know, working to a common goal, which is to continue to advance supplier diversity across the country and, you know, ultimately trying to support diverse businesses uh, across Canada. And and I think that, as Sylvia mentioned, you know, sometimes the conversations are challenging, but I think that that's important. You know, we need to continue to, mm-hmm. to challenge each other, challenge ourselves, if we're going to, to truly make uh, supplier diversity an integral part of how how we do business in this country. And so I think our role as SDAC is is extremely important. And I think each of the councils plays a very important role in that and continue to advance um, our common and shared goal. And I'll add one more data if I may. And I think from the leadership perspective, it's also, it's fantastic to not be alone. Right, yes. like we are yeah. all fighting for our communities, yes. and it is not easy many days. And knowing that we are not alone in this fight, but there's four other, like there's four leaders who are doing this work and who are like really doing our best for uh, on the same purpose and purpose and path as Daryl mentioned. You know, like it just um, such a great relief, uh, you know, that we have each other. So. I think it's a fantastic idea, you know, that we are getting together every two weeks at 8 a.m. on Fridays, uh, (laughs) however hard it can be. Um, And uh, I think at the end of the day, like we have this network to talk to each other. So Mm -hmm. um, it is good. Yeah, that's helpful. And and their friendships are are getting that more solid, even uh, and maybe as a result of our more challenging conversations. So I think that's great. And my understanding is, and you you guys have a better handle on the global scale than I do with IWSCC as we're so much newer than you. But are we still the only country that has this kind of collaboration between the supply councils? Is that still the case? I, I think we're starting to see that emerge more in, in other countries, perhaps not widely across the board, but certainly in the U.S. But I think we're certainly the first uh, in the U.S. They're starting to to come together, and we've seen that over the last couple of years. But I think Canada here, we can be proud that we I, we were the kind of the first to really kind of formalize that working relationship, and and I don't think that that's lost on on anybody, you know, uh, at our corporate partners or and hopefully our suppliers realizing the value that comes with our four councils collaborating. Well, with that, um, it's time to say goodbye, but I really have enjoyed this and I really appreciate both of you for being here. Thank you so much for taking time out 
Uh, at least it's not 8 a.m. on a Friday, Daryl, but, <laughs> but you I know that. you guys are so busy. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, 10 a.m. is challenging on its own, but, <laughs> but 8 a.m. <laughs> uh, but exactly. thank you both for being here. <laughs> I really appreciate you taking the time. Thank you so much. So thank you to everyone here for joining us today. Uh, for more on supplier diversity content, you can go to iwscc.ca. You can find us on YouTube. Listen in on wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. We have new episodes every couple of weeks and lots more going on with the organization. So thank you again to my guests and thank you to everyone for being here. And we will see you next time. <laughs>